to the Rockman Show. It's time for Rockman to give his opinions, his views, and his thoughts on life and rock. So grab a beer, buckle in, and get ready to rock. Harvey Hayes is actually made with 
uh, Hornendal, which is a bike yeast. So it's a quick turner, man. Like it's Wednesday, and I'll have this beer on the board. Fuck, by next Friday, possibly. I mean, this beer might actually be sold out whenever this uh, goes on the podcast. You know what I mean? It's yeah, yeah, so. yeah. Two weeks, yeah. So. It'll still be a mystery to most people, you know? but yeah. uh, no, I mean, this is a fun beer to make. I mean, uh, Harvey was uh, my father-in-law's name, and uh, Haze is just, uh, you know, it's a hazy beer, but it's kind of a play on the whole Houston Haze thing, you know what I mean? Yeah. As long as the Spindle Tech guys aren't listening to this, but, you know, imitation is flattery, right? So. Yeah, but, yeah. Um, Hey, and, and there's something, Robert, that you didn't allow this time. You, there was a reason you said John cannot come to the brewery. Was it a sanitation issue? Uh, were you warned by the FDA or any, those type of people? Yeah, because the last time we talked, didn't he shut down someplace over in East Houston? Like, yeah, like yeah. he clogged the shitter and shut the whole fucking the whole down. thing down. Yeah, 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 yeah. Keep him out of my brewery. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, he was jerking off at New Magnolia, and I, I mean, they drew, I draw the line. Shane was fine with it, which I thought was weird, but he did say that he sanitizes on a regular basis, so it was going to be fine. So if there was something extra creamy in your beer... But no, Robert has been kind enough to invite me to see the process of this, because like he said, I think that's when we really started our friendship because I was the first one to untap that beer and you were nice enough to let me try it and uh, man after that now we're friends so this is great so we started the process where he had what would we have we had the malt that you kind of broke down a little bit or yeah so we milled in so uh, we milled the malt I mean this uh, this is pretty much your standard hazy right I mean it's uh a lot of two-row. There's some wheat, some flaked wheat, flaked oats, malted oats, little carrot pills as well. I mean, um, but yeah, we uh, uh, we milled in. I carried it the 20 foot from the mill room into the brewery. Uh, we just mashed in. We hit our tent. That's how I fucking do it. Yeah. We uh, we we hit our temp of uh, one. 154, which uh, works really good with this system, and uh, we added our salts. It's a chloride-heavy brew, um, but yeah. So going back to uh, the yeast, so it's a kvike yeast, which is like a Norwegian yeast that, that uh, you you can ferment it up to like 104 degrees. This one, I think we're going to ferment around like 85 degrees. But uh, it's kind of a tropical strain. It doesn't retain a whole lot of haze, but the reason that I started making this beer with that yeast is because we we were new and small. Yeah. And whenever I let you try that, I don't think we had the seven barrel tanks in. We just had the, the four three and a half barrel tanks. So I was having to turn beer like crazy, and that's what this yeast does. And, now we're growing up. We got the the three seven barrels. The ten barrel tanks will be here in a week, and uh, yeah. So 
But man, I mean, you mentioned this yeast. I looked at the recipe and I was like, what the fuck was I doing making hazies with this yeast? You know what I mean? But, you know, it all makes sense because we, man, we just had to turn beer quick. And uh, since you liked it so much, we're going to do it nearly the exact same way that we did it last time. I mean, uh, I don't have any strata hops and I couldn't get a hold of any. Um, are there any Sabro hops in there? There are Sabro hops. Hell yeah. I know that we talked about that, and I do have Sabro. Uh, the original recipe did have Strata. So Citra, Sabro, and Strata. Uh, this recipe is going to be Sabro, Citra, Eldorado. Okay, nice. So, which anybody listening that's a home brewer or a brewer know that Strata and Eldorado couldn't be further from each other, but uh, that's what I got. So. Well, question. So we, we this is the Ragman edition. Yes. Fuck yeah, man! It's got to be a little bit different. Got to be a little bit off, right? That's what it's gonna say. Untapped. It's gonna say Harvey Hayes in parentheses Ragman. <laughs> Hell yeah! Hell yeah! Thank you for that. So we we talk music. Uh, I think you don't have music on because you have here me here to bug you. And hopefully not disturb you while you're making this great beer. But we were talking a little bit ago about, you know, music and playlists and stuff like that. So real quick, let's play a song, and then we're going to review 203. So you're up. What are you thinking? Dude, new Blink-182 album. Okay. Okay. Let's do something. We'll just randomly choose. Yeah. We love DC here at the Red Rock. It's not as bad as people think it was going to be. It's not a bad album. Nice. Let's do it. I ain't that cool, a little fuck in the head They'll be hanging me quick when I'm back from the dead Get the rope, get the rope, get the rope, get the rope I'm a punk rock kid, I came from hell with a curse She tried to pray it away, so I fucked her in church Don't you know, don't you know, don't you know, yeah don't you know Since on this podcast we are brewing, there's going to be a little bit of the uh, 
the technical stuff, but um, uh, we calculated our water to be around 5.5 uh, on the mash. We hit that perfectly. We're mashing in at 154, like I said earlier. We hit that fucking right on the dot after yeah. recirculation for a couple of minutes. And yeah, it's like this whole beer was like, I don't know, man. Usually I have to screw with it for about five or ten minutes. But oh, really? This, this was uh, spot on, man. Absolutely spot on. It was easy. So right now I have a beautiful beer. I've drank most of it, but it's called the 203. It's a brand new hazy here. So Robert, tell me what I'm drinking, and then I'll tell you what I'm thinking. All right, so the 203 is a uh, it's a New England IPA. It's 7.3% ABV. The name of it is, is uh, we've got a regular named Ronnie, Ronnie Michelle. So uh, Ronnie raised enough money in the MS-150 that, that uh, they named a, uh, a porter potty after him. <laughs> the, I don't know if that's an honor or, I don't know. or what that is. But uh, uh, Ronnie's jersey number was uh, the spirit. I'm not sure. Number 203. And they're about to move to Virginia, so it's kind of sending them out. And this was the last beer that I brewed in uh, FV3, which is a three-barrel that's about to leave and uh, make room for the 10-barrel. Hell yeah. New new, uh, new fermenter. So a lot going on with this beer. But, but you know, um, my grain bill on, on my hazies don't really waver that much, right? Mm -hmm. uh, it took forever to get it the way I wanted it to, so they don't really waver that much. Um, the grain bill is very similar to Harvey Hayes. Harvey Hayes is going to come out a little bit lower and like, it's probably going to be anywhere from a 6.8 to a 6.9% beer. This is a 7.3. This is a beer that uh, uh, we're not really selling outside of the tap room. Uh, we took it to Brusology with us and I think there's one place out in town that's getting a keg, but um, the cost of making this beer kind of made me want to keep most of it here in the tap room, right? Yeah. Where the margins are a little bit better. But um, I used uh, the the hop combination is uh, cryo pop, which is a Yakima Chief uh, uh, cryo hop blend of Idaho 7, Galaxy, and Citra. Um, it's a cold pool. Uh, I think we roll pulled. 35 minutes at like 160 just looking for the fruity like like just looking for the fruity flavors yeah. um, uh, no bitterness out of those hops just looking for the fruity flavors all the aromas um, that whirlpool was about uh, a little under three pounds for each barrel so that whirlpool I think came in around nine pounds of hops Oh, damn. In this batch. Yeah. And then on the dry hop, uh, same hops, uh, more cryopop than anything. So so cryopop, citra, and galaxy, and, uh, um, and if you're listening close enough, you are, you might be saying, well, there's citra and galaxy in the cryopop, but that's cryo. The T90 pellets, in my opinion, are going to give more, um, more scent from it, right? Mm -hmm. Right. So, like, yeah. like uh, more of more of 
the fruity scents, right? So this this beer is uh, hopped to about 5.6 pounds per barrel, so we're teetering in the range of nearly 20 pounds of hops in this dry hop. Yeah. Wow. In a little three and a quarter barrel batch, right? I mean, um, this was kind of one of those beers where I knew I wasn't going to sell it outside of the tap room. I knew that I had a little bit more money that I could spend on it, right? And uh, um, we put it on the board uh, last last Thursday, so the the 13th. It had a little bit of a hint of greenage on it, which if you drink haze, then you know. Mm-hmm. There was a little bit of green, but uh, we're what? We're uh, five, six days into it, and it's, uh, man, it's optimal right now. Like, it is just, it's it's a glorious beer. Um, the mouthfeel is spot on. The carbonation is spot on. Great aroma. Agreed. Great flavor. Yeah. yeah. Really, really love this beer. This beer used uh, on the yeast side used an English strain, so that's going to help a little bit more th- with uh, mouthfeel, uh, higher pH in the finishing beer, um, more haze retention to it as well. So, yeah. So let me look at this thing. It looks it's very golden pineapple juice looking beer. Really hazy, really nice. Uh, there's some lacing on the glass. Not a lot of head, but there was some. I don't. Re- I think when it was poured, there's a little bit more head, yeah. but it kind of dropped down. But but the lacing still hit, hit uh, sitting on the glass. As far as aroma, it smells beautiful. Very fruity. You yeah. get those fruity notes right on the tip of your nose there. Uh, I tell you what, I've drank some of this, but so I cheated. <laughs> but I'll clink my no clink. Well, he's got a plastic glass. Clink. Yeah, uh, working in the brewery, it's all plastic cups back there. Very fruity, very rich, creamy, just solid, solid beer, man. Uh, congratulations, I really dig it. Thank you. I'm gonna hit the horns. I'm gonna tell John to when he's not here. If he was here, he'd be hitting the horns for you right now. But uh, I tell you what, that calls for a song. Let's move into something here. Um, you uh, filmed something else. You, uh, you, okay. Yeah, play a song, and then we're going to talk about this YouTube thing you were talking about earlier. I was listening to, uh, man, I want to say this song, but it's kind of a downer song, you know what I mean? But yeah. Snuff by Slipknot, I mean, like, yeah. I've been jamming that. Actually, my ex-wife liked that song. Mm-hmm. <laughs> kind, of, kind of apropos, right? Snuff. I didn't, I didn't snuff her out. She's still alive. Oh, yeah. uh, don't call the police. It's a sad song if you listen to it. You know? How about some Slipknot? Can't destroy what isn't there To live in me and 
to my fate If I'm alone I cannot hate I don't deserve to have you Taken long ago If I can change I hope I never know Wow, you know what? Uh, I played Slipknot When Shape of Water was on uh, The podcast here a few episodes back uh, Those guys were one of the guys The guitar players A big Slipknot fan He goes, I'm going to Slipknot phase And he played some new song He goes, it's weird Because they almost sound like us So I don't know if you've heard Shape of Water oh. Very interesting it's like classic rock, Pink Floyd, Queen, with a synthy alternative vibe. Really? A very cool band, and they yeah. do some really cool shit where it's like some real jam band stuff to more soothing, um, not, I wouldn't say cigarette soothing, but very soothing, cool stuff. So we, we had a little bit of conversation uh, about, you know, before we started the show about, you know, hey, you think of songs, you're like, you told me what you've been doing. So tell the audience what you're doing. I'm sure a lot of people are doing that, too. Yeah, well, well uh, it's just a concept, right? I mean, um, uh, I listen to all podcasts, right, like while I'm working, either on YouTube or Spotify or whatever. Um, and uh, there's a couple of podcasts out there where I'll listen to it. And they're talking to a brewer, and they're asking him all, all, all of these questions, right? And they're semi-technical. And I'm, like, on the edge of my seat. Like, uh, what temperature did you work a lot? Yeah. What was your pH in your mash? What was your chloride ratio? Those sort of, like, nerdy questions, right? And I'm on the edge of my seat, and, like, they never answer it. So I'm thinking about starting a podcast where I talk to all the brewers around Houston, but the premise is, is like, I talk to them and I say, hey, you choose one beer, okay? I would like it to be year-round available. If you don't want to share any of your secrets on that beer, then that's not the beer we're going to talk about. Right. I want you to be like... Like, we are going to go in-depth on, like, like your water chemistry, your pH, your pH in your boil. Like, say we're talking about a hazy, like, like uh, what's your pH in your boil? What kind of yeast are you using? What have you tried in the past? What hasn't worked? Like, like just getting in-depth, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, some guys might want to do it. Some guys might not want to do it. I mean... Uh, there have been numerous times where homebrewers will will like start asking me questions about certain beers that are on tap, and man, I've been known to just walk in the back, hit the print button, and hand them the recipe. Right? Yeah. My system is way different than their system. My system is way different than anybody else that's in Houston. Right? They could literally give me the recipe, and I could not make it the same way they do. Yeah. There is. There is, there is, there is, uh, there is zero risk there, right? There is zero risk of anybody making a clone of your beer. Number one, the water, right? Like, like, home brewers, they more than likely don't have the filtration system that you have for your water. So, like, are you a, like, 
they'll share what kind of water, but are you even able to make that water? Well, I have a question for you. So when I interviewed Shane at New Magnolia, he mentioned that they have this really good Czech Pilsner, and they do this side pour thing, which gives it a creamy head. I think it's fucking tap, too. Oh, shit. Oh, there's a battle here. I, I no. sense it. But he mentioned a Czech water profile. So talk about that tap and then tell me yeah. about when he said Czech water profile, somebody else asked me that listened to the show said, wow, that's interesting that he would do that. And I think the guys in Allstadt that do the German stuff where they import everything, yeah. they have the same sort of system. But tell me about the side pour handle and then tell me about the water profile, though. Side pour handle, just a real quick story on that so whenever we opened up we 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 were serving wine out of the tap uh and um i ordered wine taps from a company online and they accidentally sent me uh the check side pour taps really and my wife was actually like are you gonna send them back i was like no I paid for a $138 tap, and they sent me a $480 tap. Oh, I'm kidding. Yeah. There were two as oh, well. Oh, wow. So um, Shane asked me to use it. I actually offered it. And, uh, yeah, that's the one that he's using. Uh, the other one is at Fallon Sons right now. Oh, really? And uh, I'm probably going to get that one back first because... Shane's always got like a side pour something yeah. on tap. He even bought the fucking mugs for it. You know what I mean? So yeah. I'm never going to ask him for it back if he's got a beer on tap, right? And if he's listening, he's probably just going to keep the shit on tap all the time <laughs> so, he, so he never has to give it back. Yeah. But yeah, we're not using it. Um, I am going to make a check pills. Uh, here in the next like uh, three months or so, it's probably going to be one of the first things that I put in the tin barrel. So as for a Czech Pilsner water profile, yeah, and it's funny that you bring up New Magnolia uh, uh, because Left Lefty Laser is a Pilsner. It's a West Coast Pilsner, and the first guy that I called uh, to ask about like what like uh, what's the water profile that you're looking for. Uh, what's your pH and your mash that you're shooting for and stuff like that was uh, John which is uh, Shane's father-in-law who's the brewer over at New Magnolia and he shared it not many brewers are assholes most people will share their stuff well, you know it seems I mean? like it's a good like a, almost a fraternity where yeah. people are this it's competitive to a, to a sense but it's a very friendly competition it's very open a lot of these guys are you're gonna have your assholes like no 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 it's trade secret it's like kfc special season or recipe or whatever but in the brewery industry at least in houston from what shane said where he came from florida he could call a dozen guys and they could talk beer all day yeah it's the same thing here but so um there's a reason that like all of these large breweries if you just like grab a magazine they'll give you the recipe right but for you to duplicate the water in the northeast or the high sulfate water down in like southern california which is why west coast is a thing right it's their water it's not anything else right it's like a super dry high sulfate water that like throws the hops in your face as you drink it you know what i mean but the czech pilsner and I might be wrong here, but like off the top of my head, uh, Czech Pilsner is like a, a medium to low calcium, low magnesium. It's a little bit elevated sulfate, but not high, right? So 
the sulfate in the pilsner is going to dry it out a little bit. And then if you target your pH around like 5.3, 5.2, then it's going to dry it out as well. And like that's why they call them crispy boys, right? Yeah. But do you dial that into your filtration system on how you want that profile, or how does that work? No. So what I use is... Uh, uh, I don't judge anybody, right? Um, there are a lot of brewers in town that use RO water, which is just like, uh, it's like you have a chalkboard and you erase it and you build whatever you want to build out of it. Oh, right? wow. I use Houston water. Uh, a lot of Houston water is runoff water, so they have to sanitize it with either chlorine or chloramine. Houston primarily uses chlorine, but um, so we filter for chlorine and chloramine. Uh, but it's it's uh, it's Houston water. Uh, it's a low to mid calcium, low magnesium. It's a it's a decent amount of sodium. But whenever you think sodium, don't think uh, the the shit that you throw on your French fries or your steak. Right? right, right. It's just Na. It's it's just the sodium. So like during the freeze, right? Uh, they told you boil your water. Mm-hmm. That's the white shit that was left at the bottom of the pan. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah. Uh, it's not a super hard water, but it's a fairly hard water. And I like brewing with hard water, honestly. The Harvey Hayes that we're brewing right now, I increased the calcium up to 82, I think. And then um, all that salt that I added, yeah, that, was, that. that was all calcium chloride. Oh, okay. So it elevated my calcium and then my chloride, which is going to make the water softer. Right? Oh, okay. So that's where you get the soft mouthfeel is from that chloride. And I'll add more chloride um, at the end of the boil as well, just to like, like refortify that mouthfeel. Oh, nice. Well, I tell you what, that calls for a song. I'm going to pick it this time. Oh, I had one. You do? Okay. You're the guest, so I'm going to let you go because we're going to talk about your playlist. Yeah, yeah. So if it's on your playlist, save it or. Okay, no, you go. So cute without the E. It's a Taking Back Sunday song. Huh, okay. Cute without the E by Taking Back Sunday. Let's do it. Your lipstick is colored up by the angel. I know exactly what goes on. discovering and maybe bands that you missed previously so what, what are you doing now 
Yeah, so the cool thing about YouTube is that I've had the same YouTube account since I was, fuck, since YouTube started. Yeah, I don't know when that was, but it's been a long time. So, sometimes I just get onto YouTube and it, it, like, throws music mixes at you, right? Sort of like Spotify, I guess, but, but, um, man, lately I've been really lazy and I just, uh, hit the play button on those and these these mixes are like all over the place man it's like uh uh blue october incubus seether slipknot uh then it like suddenly goes into like a uh a uh jeremy renner cover uh-huh Jeremy Renner, the actor, the actor guy. Yeah, he sings. He sings. Oh, yeah. Weird. It's not my style, but it's not bad either. You know what I mean? I heard but, he's uh, a jerk off. I don't know if he is or not. He just got run over by a, oh, a snowplow. So oh, really? <laughs> I'm gonna hold back. Any, <laughs> it wasn't any John, problems. was it? I don't know. But uh, like, yeah, yeah. I mean, then it goes uh, like just random low-key stuff, right? The Killers, All-American Rejects, I mean, Fort Miners on here, Dr. Dre, Eminem, I mean, it's just all over the place, yeah. but, uh, yeah, I mean. So it's probably all based off an algorithm of when I think you so, search yeah. stuff, and they're like, okay, well, I, I search up some weird shit just for the show, and then all this weird music kind of populates, I'm like, why is this being recommended for me to listen to. So, it will make you think of like, uh, was I ever into that kind of shit? Yeah. Like, yeah. like, uh, like, just, just the other day, and like, I'm literally sitting here on my YouTube, on my phone, scroll, scrolling through my history, and it's like, Weedus, and there's some Kygo, which is like, when did I listen to electronic shit? Yeah. And but whenever whenever I just let it play, I really enjoy every, every one of them. You know what I mean? Wow. Yeah. And it, but, but man, it's sort of a roller coaster listening to it, right? Like um, like Slipknot goes to. REO Speedwagon, and yeah, then REO yeah. Speedwagon goes to, you know, uh, uh, Three Days Grace or something like that. Yeah. And it's like, shit. Like, it like, works sometimes, though, right? It does work sometimes, you know what I mean? Yeah, my Spotify's like that. This, so I have, I, I'm building like a more of a classic hard rock heavy metal list. Uh, I want to build more of like an alternative list, but I have this one, I just call it Mix of Everything. Yeah, yeah. So I could hear like we played Blink 182 a little bit ago, and then I could hear hear Fit for King, that's brutal as fuck, yeah. or something like that. So it's kind of interesting, but it all seems to melt together. Our fucking old school Journey comes on. I'm like, all right, Stay Well's on, and then something's gonna beat my brain in, you know, the next play. But it works. It's cool, and it sounds like the same sort of thing goes on with YouTube. So let me ask you this: as far as a song that you discovered or rediscovered on YouTube lately, what would that song be? Oh, man. I don't know. Uh, Weedus? So, Teenage Dirtbag by Weedus, maybe? Okay. Like, 
whenever you think about it in your memories, you're like, and you start to sing it in your head, you're like, fuck, that song is annoying as shit. <laughs> but uh, then you listen to it again, and you're like, this is actually a pretty decent jam, you know what I mean? Yeah. And uh, lately I've been listening to uh, more emo, like Hawthorne Heights. And, uh, okay, nice. More Taking Back Sunday, Hawthorne Heights, Sugar Colt, that sort of stuff, you know what I mean? Emo, sort of punk stuff, uh, Seether as well. So, like, um, those were all things that I listened to either in college or, like, right out of college, you know what I mean? So it's, like, and then you look on YouTube and it's, like, this video came out 17 years ago. Oh, wow. And it's like, this is crazy, man. It's crazy, yeah. I yeah. like this song. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. But then you start to think of, man, all that music that my dad used to listen to while I was riding in his car in the back seat that I thought was just shit. Do my kids also think the same thing about my music? You know what? My uh, kids actually don't really listen to a lot of music. They right? don't. You know I mean? Well, my daughter, it was a bonding thing for us when she was growing up and turning into a teenager and stuff like that. But it's so funny. Uh, I actually, I talked to Shane a little bit about this and that when me being such a music freak, I would like play stuff for her and hope she would like it. So stuff she gravitated to would be more like classic rock, Stone, Led Zeppelin, yeah. uh, Beatles, you know, bands like that. And then... She got into the hair metal stuff like Winger, Warrant, Dokken, those kind of bands, Bon Jovi, all that stuff. And then I would try to get her into the heavier stuff. And when she was little, she was like all into it. And there's a few songs that still resonate with her. But as she, I want to say when she turned 15, 16, it started, she started developing her own music taste, yeah, yeah. which was more rap and R&B. And that's where she is musically now. But she still kind of dials back to... Influences from her grandfather, where it's like 50s music or old, old school country or something like that. But also, she's very got a very big musical palette where I'm more rock oriented right. and stuff like that. So I think you might see your kids change, but if they're not really into music, maybe it's not. You told me about your son's friend that he's like really yeah, into music taste. He's so. really into that kind of. But but so like, there aren't many feelings that are better than whenever. My 10-year-old uh, asks me in the car, what's the name of that song? Oh, uh, yeah. And, like, validation. That's, <laughs> that's his way of saying, I like that song. Yeah. Um, but my wife listens to a lot of hip-hop and everything like that, so I know they're getting that from her. But, um, uh, yeah, I mean, I do listen to a lot of, like, different stuff right so, so like my 10 year old has asked me hey what's that song I'm like that's a taking back Sunday song don't tell your mommy listen to it but then he'll also like 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 who's that that's John Prine bro that's that's some great singer-songwriter stuff, you yeah. know what I mean? And they're just all over the place, you know what I mean? And that's one thing that I really didn't get from my dad. He was more like Chicago, yes, the Scorpions, REO Speedwagon, a lot of Boston as well, right? So, like, that's the kind of stuff that I got from... Oh, oh, a lot of Springsteen as well, right? So, but uh, 
with my kids. I mean, if I'm in the mood for like singer-songwriter country, like Rustin Kelly or like Noah Gunderson, those sort of guys that we spoke about on the Lost podcast. Yeah. Um, or he's also into like some Slipknot or uh, Three Days Grace or Sunday or. But then he also likes like uh, Sugar Cult and you know like more pop punk sort of stuff oh, okay. as well. You know what I mean? So like he's all all over the place, right? Um, my 13 year old has stopped talking to me, so I don't know what he's into. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, I mean, um, you, you, you should give everything a chance, you know? Yeah, yeah, I agree, I agree. And if you like it, fuck what everybody else says, man. I don't give a shit. About exactly, I agree. There's some Taylor Swift stuff out there that's pretty legit, you know what I mean? Oh, okay, and, I, and, yeah. I, and I'm not ashamed to say it, I'm not ashamed to say it at all, you know? So it's like, uh, but, you know, um, however, 1989... Her album was uh, actually covered by Ryan Adams. Mm -hmm. uh, Ryan Adams, uh, the singer-songwriter, not the Canadian. But Ryan Adams, uh, he covered her whole 1989 album. And if you ever get a chance to look that shit up, it's great. Huh, okay. It's really good singer-songwriter stuff. Nice. Well, I want to play a song for you because we were talking more 90s rock a little bit ago. And we're going to do a dealer's choice. This is a band called Trust Company, mm. which I think you might dig because they kind of had a really cool edge to them. I'm not sure what happened to them. I think they were a three-piece. It's a very cool band. So let's check them out right now. Uh, 
not last October, but the previous October. Uh, no, no, no. La 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 last October, I saw a concert at White Oak uh, at the outdoor stage. That was fine, man. It's kind of spread out. Yeah. My social anxiety is just in like like a huge crowd. You know what I mean? It's just my mind goes to dark places, and I just can't do it. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Just so you're thinking something bad could happen here with so many freaking freaking people and stuff like that. Is that kind of where it goes? Or yeah, I mean, especially if I'm like with my wife or kids. Yeah, you know what I mean, it's like I don't know if it's I don't know where it started, but uh, yeah. I just don't like, like, huge crowds, you know. That being said, I did go see The Counting Crows, which is one of my favorite bands, at Cynthia Woods. Shit, like, uh, 2012, I guess. But so, if you go there, are you more of a... I don't think you're a lawn guy. You probably want seats at that point, right? No, I'm more of a lawn guy. Though. Really? Okay. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Okay, well, let's play one more song, and then we're going to finish up with some beer topics, and... Let him go back to making my favorite beer. <laughs> so you're on the uh, hot seat again. Oh, man. Let's do uh, Ryan Adams, anything off of that uh, 1989 uh, cover album. Let's do it. First, a Taylor Swift cover on the practice yes. show. Let's do this. Stay up too late Nothing in my brain That's what people say That's what people say I go on too many days I can't make them stay That's what people say That's what people say I keep cruising Can't stop, won't stop I got this music in my mind so It's gonna be alright It's the players gonna play And the haters gonna hate Baby, I'm just gonna shake Shake it all, shake it all Heartbreak is gonna break And the fake is gonna fade Baby, I'm just gonna shake it all Never miss a beat Alright, so before we wrap up here this has been my burning question now I remember our first interview you were, your burning thing was waiting for me to ask you for that first song because you did your homework oh, yeah, yeah. this is my burning question and this is I know I bring up Shane a lot in this show because it's still fresh he told me that hazy IPs are phasing out and then in about six to eight months, they're going to be clear, golden, almost look like a pilsner. Still be IPAs, but the haze is going away. What are your thoughts on that? And do you have the same mindset? I know you brew beers you love yeah. to drink, as well as you brew stuff you know your your core audience is going to want. But what what's your thought on that? All right, so that that's. That's not a straightforward answer from me. Uh, it's kind of, uh, Shane knows what he's talking about, right? Uh, Shane studies the market. Um, I will say this, uh, a lot of people have been calling hazy IPAs a craze, and they've been doing that for seven fucking years. Yeah. So, 
They're amazing. I love them. I don't think it's a craze. I I think it's gonna hang around. Um, I don't think you'll. I think unless you're already established, I think the days of starting a brewery that is heavy into hazy IPAs and being successful with just hazy IPAs and having that be known as your specialty, I think we're phasing out of that, right? But I think we're phasing out of that no matter what, right? Whether it's you specialize in sours or you specialize in this or you specialize in that, I just don't think that... uh, we're in that market anymore. You have a lot of customers that walk into a brewery and they're with a group or or, um, or they're just looking for something that they like to drink. As far as clear IPAs, uh, that's that's the West Coast yeah. trend. But uh, what you'll notice with West Coast IPAs is that they are no longer what we drank in the early 2000s. Those West Coast IPAs do not, will not work in this atmosphere, right? So, um, the shit that uh, Stone and, and uh, like uh, Stone IPA and Arrogant Bastard and uh, Sculpin IPA, those that were just like super bitter, yeah, right? Those will... Those aren't what a West Coast is anymore. In fact, I think they should actually uh, create a new style, and I think call it a modern West Coast. The thing about a modern West Coast is is that they is that we brew it the same way. Whenever you talk about hops, we brew it the same way that we brew New England IPAs. Whereas there's uh, there's um, there's uh, less IBUs, and you're looking more for fruity tastes, more aroma, right? Less, less getting slapped in the fucking face by like high IBU, right? Yeah. So the way that these West Coasts are brewed now is their single malt. Malt gets out of the way. It's just the hops, and and uh, but whenever you look at your hop additions, they're more late additions. So more aroma, more. More of your fruity taste, more of your tropical tastes, less slap you in the face, which is what all that old school stuff was, right? So I think that he's uh, he's right in that you'll start to see uh, more golden stuff happen. The beer that I was just drinking, Low Man Wins, which is a session, it's an IPA. It would fall into that category, right? It's a low ABV, right? It's only like. 4.6, but but um, it's it's not meant to be hazy. I don't find it right, so it does have a little bit of a haze to it. But if you let that kick sit for three months, it'll eventually clear out. But I'm not wasting time on clearing it. Yeah. But it's golden. It doesn't have the high chloride content. It's not like like us like like super juicy, but. It's uh, one single malt, it gets out of the way, and it's just all hops, but it's all late hops, right? So there's more aroma, the tropical lime from the Motueka comes through, a little blueberry from the Mosaic, the Citra has has the, uh, the uh, grapefruit sort of note to it, so you're not really targeting what you usually target in like the uh, sweet alcohol, great mouthfeel finish that you would for a hazy. And you're not like, using oats or anything like that. 
So, is everybody going to keep one hazy on the board? Yes. Well, last question, yeah. and I'm going to a brewery right now. Yeah. And it's got new ownership, and the guy's not a fan of hazy IPAs, but... No right. brewery owner is... <laughs> well, he... So he has gone, gone in there and said, I'm going to make traditional pilsners, lagers, ambers, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. No fun names for the beers. He's actually said that. Uh, he didn't want to name them. He checked pilsners, one of his beers, just check pilsner. Um, so my question to you is he is still brewing some of the core hazies. He brought one back that was an old favorite of mine, and it was so hazy. It's like your hazies. You couldn't see through it, but it's almost clear. And it doesn't taste right. So I've talked to somebody in the know that said, asked him, say, hey, this is what, what it used to taste like. Say, ah, I left out a few ingredients. So what are your thoughts on that? Do I mean, say you go in and you buy this brewery yeah. and say you're, you don't like the beer, so you like, <laughs> you like like me. But do you go in there and do you just change stuff up and piss off your core group? Or do you try to learn your audience and like, okay, they love this beer, let me give them what they want, and then I'll do the ones I want, really want to do. Yeah, so I'm going to say something a little unpopular, but if the core group was, all right, it's the whole fat tire thing, right? Yeah. Everybody was in an uproar. They changed the recipe. It's not an amber anymore. It's a blonde. I can't believe they did it. And it's like... Well, if you would have drank more, they probably wouldn't have changed the recipe, you know yeah. what I mean? So, it's kind of that, but um, on your first comment, so we are in Houston. So, making lagers is a really good idea, right? Uh, those sell great, especially here in the Heights. They sell great. Um, a beer is well-received. If you change the recipe, you should probably change the name, too, right? Yeah. Uh, but, as far as hazies go, I mean... If you want to maintain that haze, it's a protein haze, but it's also a hop haze as well, right? So there are certain hops that will maintain haze a lot better than others, right? Uh, Citra, Mosaic, uh, uh, Galaxy, Eldorado, those those hops actually, actually um, maintain haze, right? And then there's also yeast that, that uh, won't flock right. Sorry, it flocks right, it doesn't flock well, so like it'll stay suspension. And then also, just the loads of oat and wheat that you use, so you've got that, uh, your protein that's also holding your haze as well. And haze stability is a thing, like... The reason that, that uh, I'm keeping a couple of the three-barrel fermenters, the only hazy that I will sell out to market is Little Belly. Mm -hmm. It's a pale ale. It's only 5.3%. It's a little bit less expensive for me to make. It's it's uh, it's uh, not hopped like super aggressively, so I can still sell it on the market and and uh, still make a little bit of money, but. My, my like big hazies like this one. Um, we're probably gonna stick to only making like three barrel batches of it, right? We want to sell it fresh. It doesn't really cost us. So, if you look at it, what the cost is for each pour, it's 
it's higher than others. But it, but if if uh, you look at it in the terms of, all right, I'm only making three barrels. I can spend X amount, and it's staying in the tap room where I, where we make our highest margin. That's how I do it, right? Is that I know that these hazies are expensive, so I have to keep them in the tap room so that I can maintain my margin. And then all of the other stuff like Lefty Laser, which is a logger, uh, Shapeshifter Mosaic, um, Midi Back, those sort of beers, those are the ones that I'm going to send out to the restaurants and bars. But if a beer is that expensive, you, you sort of just have to keep it in the tap room. That's where your margin that is, sense. right? That yeah. makes sense. But also, also, uh, what I've noticed is is that whenever I drop a hazy, it brings more people into the tap room as well, right? So, and we've had restaurants ask us like, uh, so can we get that beer? No, you can't. <laughs> no. Yeah, you you can get Little Belly or Midi Back or Lefty Laser or Shapeshift or something like that, but the hazies we sort of have to keep in here. Yeah, understood. But, but 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 real quick. But doing that, doing that lets us. So doing the smaller batch and holding it in the tap room lets me make that kind of beer the way that I want to make. Hell yeah, yeah. Where that I'm not having to think about. You know, this is going out to market. Uh, am I going to make my money back on it? That sort of thing. You know what I mean? Oh yeah, yeah, totally. Uh, the way that you write a recipe and brew a core beer that you know is going to be sold outside of the tap room, in my opinion, is way different than how you write a recipe and brew a beer that you know is going to just stay in the tap room. So I get that. Anyway, so like that, yeah, sort of a nuanced answer, you know what I mean? But that's how I look at it. So. Sure, sure, and I appreciate that. Well, Robert, you're on the hot seat. Last song that you can choose for this episode, because I'm sure you're going to be back. I know you've given this thought all day. You've been thinking, Ragman's come to town. He's coming to my brewery, <laughs> and I'm going to show him how to brew beer, and uh, he's going to be my good luck charm today. Well, that just happened. We know this now for future brews, that Ragman's going to be the good luck charm, so... What are you thinking, Robert? Let's rock out. I'm thinking. Uh, I'm thinking that uh, your listeners, your your uh, your normal listeners, are gonna hate me and be like, "Can't believe he ended on this song." <laughs> All right, Rustin Kelly, a song called "Faceplant." All right, let's do it.